0: What Not the Podcast Lent Up Early Edition Good Friday 2022 Here's a devotion on Isaiah 53 and a series of questions about Holy Weeks, Passion of Christ and a few other questions thrown in there Uh, Hope you enjoy the podcast today Hope you have a chance to worship with the Lord's people today also Uh, and hear of Jesus' last words His suffering and His death remembering that that's all It's all for you. God be praised. Here's our devotion for Good Friday. Remembering 1,989 years ago, our Lord Jesus, uh, at 9 o'clock this day, was nailed to the cross and lifted up from the ground so that he might draw all people to himself. And we rejoice that we are also drawn to him. I mean, compelled by his word and by the spirit to rejoice in his suffering because his suffering is our peace. His death is our life. His burial is our salvation. His agony is our hope. Isaiah 53 is our reading today. Beautiful text, all 12 verses. In fact, you can start back in chapter 52, verse 13. But there's two verses that I want to make sure that we don't miss. First verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken smitten by God and afflicted. We, as we consider Good Friday, consider the smiting that Jesus received from the soldiers and from the Pharisees, the guards of the Sanhedrin and so forth. But even beyond that, we consider how Jesus suffered for our sins because of what we've done. But even beyond that, Isaiah tells us that Jesus is stricken and smitten by God. This is the active side of the passive. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? To be forsaken is to be left by God. But here God comes to Jesus and smites him. The other verse that comes along with uh, this assertion is verse 10 where we read, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed and prolong his days. That's the Easter part, by the way. But it pleased the Lord to bruise him. We know that it was not the delight of Jesus to suffer or the delight of God to bring the suffering upon Jesus it it's not a, a happy sort of being pleased but the lord was the lord was willing to endure all of this for what he would gain and that gain is different you and all his dear baptized children. The reason why it pleased the Lord to bruise him is because in bruising Jesus, he was not bruising you. In smiting Jesus, he was not smiting you. In forsaking Jesus, he was not forsaking you. So Jesus is there in your place so that you can be with him forever. It's beautiful doctrine. It's a beautiful text. It's a beautiful work that the Lord has done to endure all these things for our sake. For us men and for our salvation, Jesus endures the cross, despising the shame, so that we can be his. And that's what makes Good Friday good. It really is a good day. As hard as it is to keep our eyes focused on his suffering and to keep our ears open to all his trials that we'll hear of this day, to know that all of this he did for us, he would do it a thousand times again. So God be praised. And may this Good Friday be a tremendously good Friday for you. All that the Lord has done so that you can be with him in eternity. Here's a series of questions from V who asks, uh, How and why do we celebrate Holy Week in a congregation? Um, Generally in the West, we've inherited this tradition of Easter, uh, which falls on the first Sunday after the first full moon after the first vernal equinox. I don't think that's how we calculate it, but that kind of sets it close to uh, the Passover week. This year it concurs, uh, sometimes it does not. Um, and it's it's really wonderful because the liturgy, in a way, is... The church year, I should say, is a speaking of the Apostles' Creed very slowly. So at Christmas, he, we consider how Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, and then at Lent, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried. Third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. So all these major events that Jesus accomplished, we review once a year. So the church year is, like is like the creed said, really slow over the year. And so important are the events of Holy Week. That we slow down on Palm Sunday and Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday today, and, and all the other days of Holy Week to consider the things that Jesus has done for us. So that's really great. So hopefully uh, you're doing that. Uh, that's a really good good practice. Um, but we mostly, if we're not reading the Lord's Word, we're not doing it right. So all the other liturgies and festivities are all fine, but the main thing is the Word. Always the, wor- the Word, the Word, the Word. So if you can read those events uh, in church or with your family or on your own, that's great. Next question from V. How theologically accurate is the Passion of the Christ? I only saw it once and only on Vicarage. So that was about 17 years ago. There's some artistic license taken. and and uh, But I think all of those artistic license are artistically done. There's the story of Veronica. That's the woman who gives Jesus a towel on the way to the cross, and he wipes his face and leaves an image there. That's from uh, kind of Catholic mythology. Uh, we don't know if it happened or not. It could have, but we don't have any account of it in the Scripture. Um, I think uh, in regards to the Passion of the Christ, and V asks, what are some of the pitfalls regarding the Passion of the Christ? It it focuses on the physical suffering of Jesus, while we want to recognize that the um, the suffering that's highlighted for us in the scriptures is actually the shame of the cross and the, the spiritual suffering. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, but there's some cool theological moments in the Passion of the Christ, if I remember right, when Jesus crushes the head of the snake in the garden. That's actually a break from Catholic theology. The Catholic theology from Jerome had Genesis 3.15 wrong. It said, she shall crush your head and you shall crush her heel instead of he. So Catholic theology for a long time had Mary crushing the serpent rather than Jesus. So that's fixed by that moment in the garden. That's great. There's this uh, time when uh, the movie puts words from Revelation in Jesus' mouth on the way to the cross. Behold, I make all things new. That's actually quite amazing. But the danger, of course, is When we focus on the physical suffering of Jesus, we miss the spiritual suffering. There's also something, when whenever we try to depict visually, especially by video, any of the events of the scripture, something happens. I think there's a reason why the Lord gives us these things with words rather than images. Um, He wants our own imaginations to be painting the pictures rather than someone else doing it for us, so there's always a danger there. Those are my pitfalls. V asks, is there a time for introspection during Holy Week? Absolutely. We should consider our station in life according to the Ten Commandments all the time and repent of our sins, but especially Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. We consider that all these things that Jesus did because of us, because of our sin, the cross is first a preaching of God's law, what we deserve. But then a preaching of the beautiful gospel, that instead of pouring out all this wrath on us, it goes on Jesus and said, Can a Christian be a messenger of Satan? Slightly off-topic question, but I think this is a very interesting one. Um, y- yes. The answer is yes. Remember, any time we sin, we are serving the world, the flesh, and the devil rather than serving God. So any sin with our own lips becomes a, a word not from God, but from the devil or the evil one. Now, that doesn't mean that the Christian is directly inspired by the devil to to, to curse God or say something wrong, but false doctrine is always demonic doctrine. Uh, the devil is always antichrist. So I think it's possible. Uh, can the phrase "You are a thorn in my flesh be meant in a positive way not that I know of <laughs> uh, although uh, remember the Lord sends the thorn in the flesh to Saint Paul as a messenger of Satan to buffet him and Paul is able to receive, receive that thorn in the flesh as a gift so i so maybe maybe let me uh, change my answer I think you could someone could mean it well. Like if I always want to do something wrong, like let's just pretend, let's pretend that I always want to have church services that are only one hour long, and I'm always trying to shorten the service to an hour. And someone comes to me and they say, Look, don't we should sing this hymn and we should we should sing all the stanzas and we should do all this liturgy. They become a thorn in my flesh. They're always harping on me, but they're doing it for the right reason because I'm the one being silly. Now that's a kind of a silly example, but I think that uh, if someone's always harping on you to do the right thing, then that's a good thorn in the flesh. So the uh, really good questions. I hope that's helpful. God's uh, peace be with you, especially today, on on uh, on Good Friday. His sacred head is wounded for you. He cries out and breathes his last for you. He's forsaken by God, all for you. God be praised.